Hello, hello. I want to make sure everyone out there is aware of Relathan Educate's first annual classroom management workshop. We have been working on some fantastic and exciting and wonderful things to present to you guys. And now that I say those words, I hear it too. I hear the teacher in me coming out and all of my descriptive adjectives that I've for 15 years been writing at the tops of papers and encouraging little things to tell my students about their work. So I'm just gonna embrace it. Come to Relate and Educate's first annual fantastic, awesome, exciting, wonderful, amazing, super cool, radical, A-plus classroom management workshop. Okay, but it really is going to be all of those things. So we're going to be hosting this workshop in September. We're going to host it in Tulsa, September 21st. And then the very next week, same workshop, different location. We're going to be in Oklahoma City, September 28th. So in Tulsa, we're going to be meeting again September 21st at Tulsa Community College. They have a really cool new event space that we're going to be in, which I'm very excited to get to be presenting and doing all that stuff there. And then the very next week, in Oklahoma City, well, I guess Edmond, technically, it's going to be at UCO, the University of Central Oklahoma, on September 28th. So again, same workshop, just different dates, different location. This classroom management workshop is, you can earn up to five CE hours, cha-ching, and it's going to be wonderful. Um, it's held in September, so think about this. School starts in August, and here in Oklahoma, you're going to have a month with your new students. You have a new group of kids, new groups of, you know, wonderful combinations, and also you'll probably have some new issues that you're identifying a month into school. And what a better time to come and talk about those issues that you've identified in your classroom than to come to our classroom management workshop in September because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the importance of building relationships, having rigor and being relevant. We're going to learn some de-escalation techniques, effectively communicate with your parents and caregivers, and also how to have fun with teaching without losing control of your classroom, which isn't that what we all want. We want to create these, this fun environment, this wonderful, engaging you know, these wonderful, engaging learning experiences for our students, and we want them to be fun, but we also want learning to be happening. So there has to be some classroom management happening there, and we will help you with that. We have some wonderful instructors, Rick Holmes, Katie Kinder, Aaron Patton, myself, and Joe Lane. Now, Rick Holmes is the founder of Relate and Educate. Rick Holmes taught um, 20 years in the high school area and also was a coach. Katie Kinder is a 16-year middle school teacher. She is a speaker, she's an author, and she is a teacher coach. She coaches the teachers in her school. Me, Erin Patton, I am a 15-year elementary teacher. Now I'm doing the whole Relate and Educate thing. And then Joe Lane. Joe is the founder of the Teaching and Leading Initiative of Oklahoma, TLI. We're partnering with TLI to bring this classroom management workshop to you guys. And so you guys are so fortunate to get to have Joe as one of your presenters. I've been lucky enough to get to see Joe in the classroom working with the teachers that she mentors and coaches and she is wonderful she's fantastic so I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her for this um, workshop we're going to be presenting and then we're also throughout the day going to be breaking out into different breakout sessions depending on you know what area you teach so we're going to have elementary middle high school and special ed breakout sessions so that we can talk about how to implement and apply all of these wonderful strategies into our classroom it's going to be wonderful. So everyone go to relatethaneducate.com, get on our website, look for information about the classroom management workshop, 
and register today. We cannot wait to see you in September. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. It's Erin Patton here. Today's episode is a very sweet and special episode to me. It is over lifelong educators, and we talked with Nancy Davis and Cindy Him. Now, this Nancy Davis happens to me be my very own Aunt Nancy. Um, she is my great aunt, and oh man, so special to me. And then we talked to her best friend, Cindy Hem, who is also Katie Kinder's mother. There's just like this big web of connections with our Relate and Educate family and this episode. And so I'm really, really excited to share it with you. Um, Nancy and Cindy are phenomenal lifelong educators. They are teacher heroes of many, of mine, just that's one example. They are rock star educators and truly legendary around Tulsa. There are a lot of kids in the Tulsa and surrounding areas who have been taught by and loved by Nancy Davis and Cindy Hem. So this is really excited, exciting for me to get to share this episode. Now, it's Interesting that it's called Lifelong Educators because a very sad twist in the story is my Aunt Nancy died yesterday. And I didn't realize, we always knew this episode was going to be called Lifelong Educators because that's what Nancy and Cindy are, but I did not realize that her life would be ending quite so soon. And we recorded this episode on April 13th of 2022. And we talked and recorded for a little while. We had to end, end the interview a little bit early because someone got a family emergency call and then Aunt Nancy wasn't feeling awesome. So we were like, let's just call it quits for today and we'll come back and record a part two. And that never happened. We, you know, Aunt Nancy and I would call and check in and it just was never a good time. So we were never able to record it. I wish we could have, but oh, even more than the wish we could have. I'm so, so grateful that I have this episode with my Aunt Nancy and I'm going to talk about in this episode, but she is a huge reason why I am a teacher. Like she's the one who, when people ask like, who in your life has inspired you? It's always been my Aunt Nancy. I mean, she is an elementary teacher extraordinaire. And so, whew, man, I wish she was here to get to hear this interview, but I'm so glad that I got to have this conversation with her, that she was able to be a part of this conversation and that I was able to just tell her how much I love her and how much she's meant to me. So anyway, though we never really got to finish this episode, we're going to treat this episode as a tribute to Nancy Davis, who was truly the teacher that I always wanted to be from when I was a little girl she was the teacher that I wanted to be and I'm so grateful that I get to share her with you in this episode and I know Cindy is going to be so glad that everyone gets to listen to her best friend talk about her biggest love which is teaching and so I will stop and let you listen to this fantastic sweet episode with Cindy Hem and my Aunt Nancy Davis about lifelong educators. Aunt 
amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relate Then Educate podcast, sitting here in Rick's office. Hey, Rick. Hello. Hi there. Today, we are talking to two incredibly special ladies in the Relate Then Educate world. One of these ladies is a huge reason why I became a teacher, and one of these ladies is a huge reason why Katie Kinder, our very own Katie Kinder, became a teacher. And we are here today with my Aunt Nancy Davis and Katie's mom, Cindy Hem. Hello, you two. Hello. Well, hello. Yeah. We are glad to be here. We I am are. so glad you are. Truly, when we started talking about the podcast, I have dreamed about having this podcast right here with you two <laughs> since like its conception. I'm not kidding. I've been like, oh, and Nancy and Cindy Hem, they're like <laughs> heroes. <laughs> well, when wow. We, when we Retired first, heroes. Yeah. 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 When we first met Katie... And had dinner, uh-huh. it was that idea was brought up. That is once true. Once you guys, you know, figured out this that you were connected. This connection that yeah. my aunt was Aunt Nancy, who is besties with Cindy. Cindy. Yeah, that's right. You bet. So, so huh? it's so exciting, and I've my aunt Nancy. Everyone, this woman is just remarkable, and I've always known about Aunt Nancy and her friends. She's had such a good group of girlfriends that she's had for years and years and years. And so I've grown up hearing Cindy Hinn's name yeah. my entire life. You've always been someone, and, and in the education world and stuff, you're legendary, of course. So this is just truly, really exciting for me to be able to have this conversation with you guys. So let's get to know you guys. Nancy Davis. Who are you? How long were you teaching everything? How, yeah, how long did you teach? What did you teach? Let's start there. I taught 41 years. Wow. Elementary. Okay. Uh, I taught first grade, second grade, third grade, <laughs> um, and I have to say, I loved it. I know you every are. minute <laughs> of every day. Oh. I I loved it, and um, I do have a lot of friends, <laughs> and I've made a lot of friends in the classroom, <laughs> and I have first grade friends and <laughs> second grade friends, and. Uh, it's just, I've had a wonderful life. I mean, that could be my yes. title, A Wonderful Life. Oh. Um, and when I retired, uh, cried every day. Oh. Every day I cried. Mm-hmm. And my husband said, we cannot mention <laughs> uh, retirement around Nancy. We have to say it's the R word because she would burst into tears. And uh, uh, that's kind of the story yeah. of my life. You are a teacher, a lifelong educator, just completely through and through. Well, I started uh, this journey when I was four years old. Tell me. Well, I have an older brother that went to school, and I cried because I couldn't go to school. And this is in Henrietta, Oklahoma. Okay. 
and we lived across the alley from the principal of the elementary school <clears throat> and mom and I were over visiting with her one day and mom said oh Nancy has cried and cried and cried because she couldn't go to school and Miss Embry the principal said well let's try Nancy you know she can go to kindergarten when she's four and five and let's try her well, they tried me, and I loved school. <laughs> you were hooked. I was hooked. And so um, I just went to school every year yeah. uh, <laughs> through uh, my elementary, and um, I uh, graduated and went to college and uh I taught in a uh, little uh, home, not homeschool, but um, Duquesne. Duquesne. <laughs> oh, yeah, I taught in Duquesne. <laughs> but Missouri. Missouri, yeah, my very first. But mm. uh, I helped with uh, little uh, school things in the summer. Uh, my friend Lynn said I played the piano and I, um, when the little children came in in the summer and the little summer school, uh, you know, I would play my country tis of thee uh -huh. every day <laughs> so they could march in and all this. And, and I was a helper for yes. a teacher. So all my life. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love it. And then plus 41 years, you said? 41. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I hadn't heard all of that. I didn't know, like, how you, you know, where you started and everything. I Four years that. old. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Miss Cindy, what about you? How long were you a teacher? What other roles did you have? All of it. Well, I did not want to be a teacher. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> different than, than Nancy Davis. Um I went to school and became a speech pathologist. Okay. And the only job that I could get in Joplin, Missouri, was um, a speech path in the schools. Okay. And so I had three schools, and <laughs> the minute I walked in, I loved school. Ah. And I liked teachers. I liked the smell of crayons. I liked, you name <laughs> yes. it. I liked, I liked little kids. And so then um, I started kind of looking at, I loved all these teachers, good hearts, wonderful, mm -hmm. but some were great, like Nancy Davis, and some weren't. Uh -huh. Now, that what's the difference? I still am really, uh -huh. um, you know, really made it a study. And so um, I had wonderful principals at, in Tulsa Public Schools, and then I had some that weren't so wonderful. And so I went back to be um, becoming a principal, okay. and um, I was a principal um, in Tulsa Public for about 20 years. Always elementary? Always elementary. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Gotcha. And I really, really love elementary kids. Yeah. Uh, when they start puberty, I'm like, oh, we need to move on along <laughs> to middle school. There's other people designed for you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's the Katie right. Kinders and yes. the Rick Holmeses of Who the world. Love middle school and high school kids. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, but I, um, at, I retired in 2012. Okay. And I went around speaking in the country and I'd written a book and I did those things, but um, really missed school. Mm -hmm. And before I got too old, I decided to go back and be a rural superintendent. And so my last four years um, from 2016 
uh, to 2020, mm-hmm. I was a rural superintendent and principal and anything else they needed. <laughs> um, big difference. They, they wear lots of hats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found I out how tough it was. I did not know that last step of yeah. your career. I was at Avant, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, which is about, you know, 40 miles mm-hmm. uh, northwest of Tulsa. And neat little community. Sweet kids. You know, they just don't have much, you know. It's about so. as opposite as you can get from a large metropolitan area yeah. like, you know, Tulsa Public Schools right. with, you know, thousands of students and yeah. then going to a small community. It was really different, yeah. mm-hmm. but I really loved it. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a school that I didn't love. Um, you know, I loved being a speech path and mm-hmm. going into the different classrooms and making wonderful lifetime friends like Nancy Davis. So you and guys met. Yeah. And well, tell me mm-hmm. how you guys met. Mm-hmm. What was your first... Working well, together. she was one of the best teachers I ever saw in my okay. life. And in fact, I would have her come to when I was a principal, I would have her help my first grade, second grade, third grades teachers uh, with routine and procedures mm-hmm. and how you can be kind and caring, but still very strict. And so, yeah, she came in and out of my school. She even came to Avant uh, yeah. just a couple of years ago yeah. and had her work with a first grade teacher uh-huh. and And she became so great after working with you. She um, literally would walk in and do all the Nancy-isms that I say. I mean, just line them up. You walk backwards. You make sure they're in good lines. Reward those kids that are um, not doing the right thing. Reward those kids with cheese balls. (laughs) With (laughs) cheese balls. (laughs) Cheese it. Cheese it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I've used Nancy a lot. You know, we had some wonderful teachers in Tulsa, and they still have some wonderful teachers there. Mm -hmm. So um, interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. You've told me kind of your journey of how you got got to education. Why education? I want to know why. What was it in your heart that it did? Because I know you are both just in love with the career of education, in love with those students. And so I want to know why. Why did you continue showing up every single day? What was that in your heart? And either one of you guys can go. Well, um, when I started teaching first grade, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of made me real nervous because they didn't know that much, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we had to start at the beginning. And um, when I transferred to a school, um, there was a little boy mm-hmm. in my class about six weeks into my teaching first grade. He came up to the table where I was sitting, and he said... Mrs. Davis, I love you almost as much as I do Jesus. <laughs> and I thought, wow. there you go. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am, God, Lord. Jesus. Uh, Here I am, Lord. <laughs> and finished my career with first grade. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That did it for you, huh? That did it. <laughs> and I want to tell it. you guys, as a little girl, I remember on... It, it was it was rare. It was a treat, and I don't even remember why. But it would be an evening times. There were a couple times that you took me and my older sister Katie to your classroom, and I didn't go to the same school that you taught at. But you, I mean, I'm talking when I was like kindergarten, first grade. Like I was, I would have been the age of one of Aunt Nancy's or Mrs. Davis's um, students, and 
I remember hearing you would always talk about, because I came, I'm Aunt Nancy's great niece. And so I came before any of her grandchildren came. So I feel like me and my older sister kind of got to benefit from, you know, the wonderful Aunt Nancy at first before there were any other kids in the mix. (laughs) (laughs) Taking her from us. But anyway, we would go to your classroom and every year you would have a theme that you would do. And I remember specifically a frog theme one, one time. And I'm just telling you, Aunt Nancy, your love, the way you would light up when I would walk into my granny's house, your sister-in-law, when, when the way you would light up at seeing me and my sisters and your grandchildren is just, that's how I felt teaching. Like I always thought of Aunt Nancy and just how excited and happy she was to see me and how I know excited and happy she was to see her own students. And I felt that. And I would like, I, I, you made me feel the way I hope to make my students feel is what I'm trying to say. And so, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You are something special. Well, um, special. Um, I, I did feel special. I felt the love, mm-hmm. the connection between my students and me. Mm-hmm. And that's, I just that's loved the it. why. You can yeah. really almost see a, a visual connection between really great teachers and their students. Mm. And I don't know that you can be really great like Nancy was and not love every child, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single child, especially the child that's tough to love mm. because they certainly need it more than anyone. Um, I don't know that there was ever one student that walked through Nancy's door that she didn't love. Yeah. Um, didn't feel loved. Yeah. And I can truly say in all my buildings I've been in and in my, um, in my educational life, I've loved every single child. Um, I've loved every single one of them, even when they misbehave and you have to suspend them. <laughs> I love them. Yes. I still love them. And, um, you know, uh, and it's tough when you have parents that are tough, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things when they come in yelling and screaming at you and you're like, you know what? And they would yell and scream at some of my teachers and I would get in the middle of that and say, you know, you don't get to yell and scream at those people. Mm-hmm. They don't get paid enough, but you can yell and scream at me in my office. So come on. Yeah. And I'd bring him in and I'd sit down and just go, I'd shut the door and said, you need to cuss at me. You just go right ahead. You can't do it in the, at the, in the school yes. in front of the kids mm-hmm. uh, or to any of my teachers. But then that kind of took their audience away. Mm-hmm. So, and really, if you just really listen to parents, what they yeah. want uh, and they want to be heard. But I mean, I had some tough kids. Uh, mm-hmm. All of us did. And, you know, some that I had to hold on to till they quit screaming, kicking, yelling, biting, you know, that kind of thing. So what so. was your pull on your heart? What was your why that? You know, I wanted I wanted to um, make a school because I was the leader. I wanted to make it into a school that I would want to bring my children or my grandchildren mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to hire anyone that didn't love kids. I didn't want to hire anyone that didn't really want this Mm -hmm. through and through you know so we used to have a big pool of teachers to choose from and nowadays we don't Mm -hmm. um you know Oklahoma is not really funding their teachers well and so they've gone other places because teaching's Mm -hmm. tough yeah Mm -hmm. it's really tough to have yeah 25 30 kids and you really are at 25 or 30 levels Mm -hmm. um so it's hard but I loved I loved every minute of my 
It's love. Yeah, it was. It, it is. And but you love readily, and so do I. We love with mm. our whole heart. And kids know who loves them and who doesn't love them. Hundred percent. That's right. And they they can tell somebody who is faking it or you know that kind of thing or not. They have a good radar for that. They do. Mm-hmm. They get sniffing yeah. out better than most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truly. Ah, I love that. So that segues perfectly. What we're talking about today is lifelong educators, which these two are lifelong educators have been. And as we just spoke about, there is, it's being referred to as a teacher shortage, but, you know, hearing, learning more about it, it's more of a teacher retention issue and keeping teachers in the classroom and getting teachers to come, you know, Oklahoma specifically Mm -hmm. into Oklahoma classrooms. So things are just in a weird place right now. You know, there's lots, teachers are leaving in the middle of the school year, which I've, you know, that's new. That's something Mm -hmm. that I have never heard of happening before. And just all of the openings that are available for this next year. So I don't know, it being an educator for the long run is happening less and less. And I guess let's talk about that. What, what do you notice? What, what has changed or whatever that it's making it just so rare for a teacher to actually like stay through retirement i i think testing is what is making i mean when you put all this you know all of this um emphasis on testing 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 and you take away a lot of the autonomy that teachers used to have they could mm-hmm. you know here's what you're you're supposed to teach teach it the way you want to teach it Right. Uh-huh. And we're going to trust you to do those kind of things. Um, I think they've gone a little bit more prescriptive. Uh-huh. And uh, if I could magic wand the United States, testing would only be done from the teacher to the child yeah. and then used to help the child get better. Mm-hmm. Not is the teacher good? Is the school good? Is the district good? Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of that comes from kids' homes. Yeah. You know, um, if you've got kids in poverty, they're going to struggle with standardized testing. Mm-hmm. You have kids of color. They're going to struggle with the tests that are really meant for people that are Caucasian. Yeah. And um, But yet they're just as smart as everybody else, but everybody doesn't think that when they mm-hmm. see those scores. So, I, you know, I really think we need to get back to letting teachers teach. Absolutely. That's where all the fun is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can teach and children can learn. And have fun. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be so rigid and and all of that. It's just like when Cindy would come into my class and she would perform some of her uh, speech uh, activities. You know, when she opened my door and my children were working, they would just anxiously put that stuff away. You know, <laughs> here comes Miss Him, and she's teaching. She's teaching. Um, and learning can be fun. Learning can be fun. And I think it always should be fun. I do. I don't think it should just be yeah. pounding into the knowledge. And kids learn from hands-on experiences. Mm-hmm. So Nancy did lots of projects like um, she did projects – you know, about, um, oh, she, she did lots of projects and, and, and the kids all would do these diagrams Uh and all kinds of different things and they would present it 
they would present it and present there like a science fair, yes. but it really um, w- were other things. So she did lots of uh-huh. it, and that's what good teachers do. Absolutely, they learn how to do project learning, mm-hmm. hands on. Kids learn when they do. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily learn when they see or they hear. They have to have it in their hands. Mm-hmm. She was great. At well, I am going to venture to say that that was not terribly common when you guys first started teaching for project, you know, based learning and stuff. So what made you, how did you know to do that? There again, I touched on something they loved, you know, you, you learn to, you (laughs) learn all these mic issues. Excuse us, everyone. All right. You know, projects. Yeah. We did learning projects. And, um, I mean, from the teddy bear parade uh, (laughs) and uh, eating with our teddy bears and uh, just fun, lovable things. Because learning should be fun. Should be fun. And it's love. Yeah. You're pouring, yes, you're mm-hmm. pouring your love into them. And yes, your love for learning and love for seeing them learn something and seeing them experience something new is just well, priceless. Well, we learn all the time. And it's just better when someone comes to you and says, guess what? Like, I just found out about this or that. Well, immediately you're engaged, and you can't wait yeah. to hear what it is. That's right. When I taught world history, I was like, guys, you're not going to believe this story. You're just not going to believe it. Well, now they're ready, and then we engage with the story, and I, I loved it. I loved it uh-huh. because I was interested in the story when I first heard it, and I wanted to share that. Um, but like what you said, if that is stripped away and someone says, this is the worksheet, that you're going to give on Monday. This is the worksheet you're going to give on Tuesday. That just robs all of the freedom and ability to elaborate and Mm -hmm. to share. Like, this is so interesting. And learning, I think learning should be fun. I think it should be challenging. I think it should be engaging, interesting. Like, it can be all sorts of different things. But uh, it should not be Mm two-dimensional, you know? It's something that... um good teachers do is they all summer long they go to professional development on their own there wasn't a summer that uh, that nancy davis was didn't spend in in uh in professional development and mm-hmm. she would bring it back and do it in her classroom like oh my gosh this is so great mm-hmm. let's do that and so then also you have to create a culture in the class in the school is about sharing i remember when i first uh, started teaching and some of the teachers would close their doors because they didn't want anybody to hear their great ideas they didn't want to share their great ideas you're like oh no no so you're not somebody I really want to even mess with right so but Nancy and and lots of teachers there anything I have you can have Mm -hmm. anything and lots of her students became teachers and yeah I said how can we do that and she taught you taught you know, kids and then their parents and, you know, <sighs> generations, yeah, generations <laughs> came through Robinson in, in those 40 years. But we um, you really have to have a collaborative culture, mm-hmm. too, in some place where all the children feel safe and all the adults feel safe. Yes. 
And for teachers who are not in that environment today, there are environments out there. There are other schools, other true. principals that will foster that kind of. So if that really right. sounds good to you right now mm -hmm. and you want to get out of the classroom that you're in because it's so toxic, start looking around. You'll find it. That's you're, right. It's there. Mm -hmm. And you're. Your buildings have personalities. Oh, yeah. So, and you walk through the building, you can feel the personality, and it needs to speak to your soul mm -hmm. and uh. what you feel because some of them are toxic and some of them, you know, are really, you know, um, it, I mean, it just really, uh, and I say that to all teachers that I've ever interviewed. If you're interviewing another place, walk through the building and see how it feels. Feel yeah. it. You know, mm -hmm. and you can feel that it. That is a it's really tangible. good tip. Mm -hmm. That's a really good tip. I loved how you said um, you would make sure that, like, teachers would have the freedom that, you know, here's what we need to teach. These are our standards. And then giving teachers freedom of how that is presented and how it's, you know, best presented with their personality. And so they can be the deliver the most effective lessons and activities and everything for their students. And I love that. I think that is that you came in there assuming that your teachers were going to do their jobs and not trying to like micromanage them right. and you know this is how we're going to do it and I think that that is so great I think that's a that's quite a gift that you gave to your well, teachers and my standards were really high uh -huh. and not everybody could teach under me uh -huh. and you know my standards were you know can I get teachers like Nancy Davis? And that's what I, that was kind of my litmus test uh -huh. was how do I do that? And, and some are not as bubbly and fun, but still love kids in mm -hmm. a quiet manner mm -hmm. and still are great teachers. So, um, you just have got to really look for those people. The problem is now they're just taking anybody off the streets. There's like, you don't have to have a teaching degree. You can have whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and those people, even Teach for America people that came in to my building, they'd never taught. Mm -hmm. And you can be the smartest person book learning until that first class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, especially kids in poverty will light you up. Mm -hmm. So you've got to really, you've got to have those boundaries and where they're flexible to you, they're not flexible to the kids. And kids want boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in parenting. Kids want the boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, and they'll, they'll really strive to find them, too. Yes, they will. <laughs> and I would say the kids are always going to go outside your boundary. So if your boundary's out here, you know, they're going to go way out there. But you got to keep pulling in your boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, you, and, and there are things you can do in a class that you, you know, you can do in one class, you can't do in another class. Yeah. So the kids figure that all out, too. Um, and that's, I also like, I like when teacher teaching all subjects, especially uh -huh. K through 8. And I, you know, I was the superintendent of Avant, uh -huh. and it's a K through eight. And so one teacher oh. taught all subjects, okay. sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Wow. And so now we had gym because I figured that out, and uh, my husband got to do gym and <laughs> basketball and those kind of things. Love it. But we, we also found uh, a place for music and a place for art. Mm -hmm. So they were able uh -huh. to do those kind of things. But one teacher taught all those main. Wow. wow. And then they go off to high school. So gotcha. it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. That is great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so over. Hello, sorry, we are having some mic issues today. I'm blaming it on the technology. It's not my fault at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so over your years in the classroom, 
you've witnessed lots of change, I assume. We, you've probably seen some change, some positive changes, probably seen some, you know, things that have just kind of stayed stagnant that you may recognize need some change. And then probably some things that maybe have just gotten worse or changed for the worse. So I don't know, what are some things that have changed positively, you know, over your course of being in the classroom or even, you know, up to now, 2022? Technology is what has really changed. Yeah. You know, when we didn't have one, com when I became a principal in 1996, we didn't have a computer one, yeah. not one. I mean, I think we finally got an Apple, like in a library, Apple IIe uh -huh. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now we have these digital natives coming to us. And I like technology. Uh -huh. I think it's really fun and wonderful. And I want it the, the latest and the greatest. Uh -huh. And I still do. I've got my, you know, mm -hmm. my Apple 13 in my pocket, <laughs> you know. So, but, you know, Nancy didn't love the technology at all. Oh, no. <laughs> I, told, I told my husband, I think we were born too late. Uh, <laughs> too early. Yeah. And uh, you didn't love it. But, you know, so there's so much technology out there now that you can look at lesson plans online yes. and you can get ideas when yes. you don't have them and those kind of things. And our kids, I mean, mm -hmm. they're just, they Google it. Yeah. What do you want to know? They Google it. You know, yes. if it all goes down one day. We're going to need to find out <laughs> what's going on for, you know, <laughs> so yeah. So that's, I think some people grab a hold of it and some don't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I definitely view technology as a positive overall. I mean, of course there's mm -hmm. negative sides to it, but I love the reach that technology allows too. that you're able to, you know, be in, contact and feel connected with teachers that you know are all across the country all across the globe and so that is an, a powerful thing you know for teachers to be connected and you know also in technology in the classroom is just you know so powerful it allows for so much more knowledge that we just simply didn't have before so what are some things that we've kind of gotten stuck in can you think of any things that just needs you know testing testing yeah. and with no child left behind mm -hmm. you know um when that came about then the testing companies are making millions and millions and millions of dollars selling to the states yeah. and the ben what's the benefit what's the benefit to the child mm -hmm. yeah. i don't see any benefit to the child you know it and you know we, like i said I, it, we were over we're over testing everybody yeah so we have heard for the first time aaron and i of a school district that said, no, we're not, we're not doing it. You know, like mm -hmm. the emphasis is now off testing. Now they are still testing, but it is not the priority. They're like, it, we're not going to prepare for it. We're not going to, you know, prep. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to even talk about, it. I mean, you know, we're going to do happens. a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense. So it's the last thing that we do. Um, but that is not going to be the end all be all of what we're doing, which we applaud Yeah. because testing what? is effective. But if you put that ahead of everything else, then you're going to lose focus of really what the classroom is all about. And, and that's fine until the State Department says that you will, you will look at these scores and you will yeah. figure out a plan to come up and you will, mm. you know, those kind of things. I love that. I wish everybody would band together and say we're done. But it takes <laughs> one to say I'm not going to stand in line Good. again. And yeah. then it starts to move and shift. And so hopefully that's so. a crack. Yeah. Hopefully that's a crack. Too. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. I really do. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to when we first started 
our education careers because we really want, like we do a lot of work with first year or early teachers. We wanna give, make sure that they are supported and have all the tools and skills and everything that, you know, they need. And so let's talk about that. When, do you remember, was there anything that you walked into or probably a lot of things that you just felt completely out of, you know, out of water and just were not prepared for? Was there any big surprises like that? Hmm. I, I mean, um, we spent a lot of time, you know, I spent, and you did too, uh, lots of after hours, before hours. There were times I, I left at, you know, I was leaving my school where I was a principal at nine o'clock at night and I'd go by your school and your, your classroom was still on because you were going to be there till 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. Until they locked the building. Right. <laughs> and always in my career, I was up at eight, uh, up at five o'clock. I was out the door at six and that's when I had little kids at home. Wow. I have a really supportive husband mm-hmm. who jumped in and did breakfasts and things like that. But I mean, 12 to 14 hour days were pretty normal. And I love mm-hmm. that when people talk about you got to do your self-help and self-care and well, that's great if you can get it all done. And I couldn't get it all done until everybody was out of the building. Yeah. And you couldn't either. Mm-hmm. You were preparing for the next day. Um, but I think that was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're you know, you're married or you've got family that just go, why don't you just leave when school? Well, you can't. You've got all these There's other so things to do. To do. Mm-hmm. That was surprising to me. And I think it was also surprising that teachers would fuss with other teachers, that kind of thing. Uh, that was mm-hmm. shocking. Um, I just think everybody needs to be kind and caring and loving always. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right? That would yes. be great. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, what surprised you in the beginning? Well, um, how much time mm-hmm. I I needed to spend in the the classroom preparing and grading and assessing sure. and things before uh, I could leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always a shock. The it time is. and the the salary is so low. You know, we're <laughs> exactly. both married to people that made money, mm-hmm. and then we could do what we love, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that shouldn't be the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know Finland and, and uh, quite a few other countries really pay their teachers what they're worth, mm-hmm. right? Other states uh, as well. Other states, yeah. too, <laughs> pay them really, you know. Yeah. And if also in education, it's ludicrous to take public money and, and do private schools, Public schools aren't funded as it is. You're gonna you're gonna take money from us and give us to somebody mm-hmm. who's paying for their education. Mm-hmm. And I love it when people say, "Oh, well, anybody can come." Well, nobody's gonna get in the car in Avant, to Oklahoma, and drive 45 minutes yeah. to a private school mm-hmm. in Tulsa. Yeah, but they're gonna take all the money. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Same yeah. thing in in my uh, um, my job at Eugene Field Elementary, mm-hmm. there weren't any that had the cars to get in their car uh-huh. and go to Holland Hall, right? Yeah. Even if they scholarshiped, even if... That's just not the reality of it, the situation. It but that, like, don't take the money. Mm-hmm. We don't fund it as it is. Yeah. It's crazy. I Look think the me. reality of one school is just completely different than another. So I've had friends that have coached and taught at different schools, and my problems were vastly different than theirs. Mm-hmm. And I, I could not believe the things that they had to deal with um you know where i ended up at, at metro uh you have an over and abundance of 
parental involvement. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're at, a, at a, another school, it is parents are not a problem at mm-hmm. all. They're right. not involved. They're not interested. Nothing. So that brings different issues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to assume that your reality is the only reality is pretty short-sighted. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to really Absolutely. open up. And, you know, I had a, a principal meetings in Tulsa where I just broken up a fight between two moms. And oh my one had brought a fork to wow. hurt this other mom. Oh and God. I had to get in the middle of her and say, no, no, out, out, no, 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 yeah. no, out you go. <laughs> and then my um, good friend who was in an affluent school in, in Tulsa Public Schools, and she said, my biggest problem uh, was that I had a parent have a big fit over nachos being served because it, there wasn't any green vegetables. Mm. <sighs> well, different that's problems. A different, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's just different. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Well, um, what were, you know, in your first couple of years, were there any big lessons learned or struggles that you just, you know, that even you shared with early teachers that you were helping and mentoring throughout your years? Like, were there, are there lessons that you learned in your first couple of years that you think would just be valuable lessons for our teachers to know? Well, just get ready. Just, just get ready. Just get ready for uh, different things that are coming down the pike that you're not used to. Yeah. Um, mm, there was a, a little boy that was late um, that uh, stood outside my door, and um, I was teaching, and I had uh, an assistant. Uh, thank goodness, uh, that year. And uh, I went out into the hall and say, honey, why are you late today? And uh, he said, my mama wouldn't get up Mm. and bring me to school. So I just walked. Mm. And I said, and you haven't eaten? No No breakfast, nothing to eat? And he said, no. And I uh, looked at my assistant and said, take over. And I said, let's go to the cafeteria and we will find something for you to eat. You know, whether it's not the meal time or or whatever. And I walked him down there and sat with him while he ate. And uh, you just Mm. never know Mm -hmm. what's going to come down and um as i said get ready because uh there's all kinds of things that how do you think you were able to navigate those scenarios those really tough scenarios well if i got in trouble you know by the powers that be so be it you know Mm -hmm. when you have a child Mm standing standing there and um uh when situations like that come up uh you just do it yeah and if you're in trouble fine Mm -hmm. you can handle it yeah um you take care of the children and their needs Mm -hmm. i think that's wonderful advice because not everybody would do that no. Because they wouldn't feel comfortable. They wouldn't feel like they had permission. So you just mm-hmm. gave a bunch of people permission to take care of their babies mm-hmm. unapologetically and to make sure that they're okay. 
mm-hmm. which is what it's all about. And that goes back to if what you are supposed to do in the classroom is prescribed, then it's really easy to miss those moments, mm-hmm. like the human mm-hmm. moments where s- another human being needs you. You can miss that if you're, you know. You can't learn if you're hungry. Ooh, no, 100%. at all. And many of our kids, their only meal was breakfast and lunch at mm-hmm. school. And so then we would send food home with them um, with the backpack program through the Tulsa Food Bank and send food with them home in a little backpack um, so they'd have something through the night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then, you know, the discipline gets high as we're going into spring break or going into the summer mm-hmm. because they're like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And so I know Eugene Field, we started Global Gardens and the kids know now they can eat off the, you know, off their plants. Mm. And so that's exciting. Will you tell us about Global Gardens? This uh-huh. is something is on my list that I wanted to definitely mm-hmm. get to. Mm. Tell our people what this is. Global Gardens was started by Heather Oakley and Heather's parents were at Eugene Field as mentors through First United Methodist Church in Tulsa. And they came in and to tell me about their brilliant daughter in New York that was moving home and that I needed to give her a job. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fine. Really? Great. You know, how many people say that, right? <laughs> and we're like, okay. So I said, have her come see me. So here bounds in Heather Oakley, who has so much energy and is so fun and fabulous. And she's like, I want to teach everything coming out of the garden. I want to teach literacy. I want to teach math. I want to teach science coming from the garden. I was like, okay, let's do that. So we walked around. We were moving from our old school into our new building. And I said, here's some land that we'll just plow up. Uh-huh. And or you'll plow up. <laughs> and it was your idea, yeah, right? Well, number one, I didn't ask permission. <laughs> nice. And yeah. I'm always part of that. You know, better to ask forgiveness than permission. Yes. And we plowed that all up and started this wonderful program. And she would go in every week and teach, uh, teach the program. And the the teachers, it was required for me. Okay. You had to have a plot. You had a plot. You could decide what you're going to plant in it, but then you have to tend to it. Okay. So it's an urban, you know, environment. So kids have never known that you grow cucumbers out of the ground, that you, you know, pumpkins, cantaloupes. Kids would hold up a cantaloupe and say, Miss Him, I grew this. And I said, oh, yeah. That's what I hear. And they'll say, I can eat it. You're like, oh, of course you can. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Right. And they would bring me fruit and vegetables in their hands and they learned to love salsa and all Mm. kinds of they had a pepper garden and all the teachers are so creative they all knew uh what they wanted to do and it it just took off so then um you know then she expanded to union public schools and did some things like that but it's it's it was his own entity Uh you know she also had an after school program Uh and that all worked and worked really well so, that's so neat. you know, if I see something that's great, I'm going to say yes. We didn't do the memorandum of understanding. We probably should have. And as the superintendent, <laughs> I was like, mm, probably should have done that. And uh, but, but eventually they did, you know. Uh, but it's a big program now. It's still going. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's good. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. I love the asking for forgiveness instead of permission. I mean, I think Always right. I think that's just a rule of teaching. <laughs> I feel I like you just mm-hmm. you do cuz you're I doing do for what's best yeah. for your kids and you know it, dang it. And right. so mm-hmm. you're going right. to do what's best. That's I right. feel like, yeah. Right. 
It only you, know, you watch teachers walk off the campus. You're like, whoa, wait, wait, tell me where you're going. You know, um, so in Avant, they could walk up to the graveyard. Uh, it's oh, about wow. a mile away, and they would walk up there and they'd plot out, you know, their relatives and their, you know, the how old the oldest. Oh. You know, it's lots and lots of cool things, and uh, so, but different in a rural environment yeah. than walking off the campus at Eugene Field. For yeah. sure. And so, you're like, no, no, you can't go across the business <laughs> You know. So, but. I always, I always felt like the principles that, well, there, I, to me, there were two, generally two types of principles. One that wanted to solve all their problems at once. So, mm. I, I, and I heard this the other day. It was right before spring break. And the teacher said that their administration told all the teachers we're going to do in-class observations the day before spring break. Oh. Right? Oh. Now, I know I know what that means. <laughs> I know what they were wanting to do. They were wanting to make sure that teachers were teaching. But here's the thing. If you had 100 teachers, five might not teach that day. Yeah. The other the other 95%, they're going to do what they're needing right. to do, yeah. uh, you know, and you should trust them. Exactly. So instead of telling everybody, you know, hey, we might show up in your classroom, tell those five teachers, we're going to show up to your classroom. And tell yeah. them why. We don't know that you're going to actually do your job on that day. And then the other end of the spectrum are this, the uh, principles that give you freedom. Mm -hmm. They trust you. And, and they don't, you know, you, you don't have to ask permission because you know you, it, they trust you. And you can mm -hmm. do this something that is really important. And you don't have to justify it. You, they, they know that you're going to do a good job. And, you know, of course... The, for me, the better principle is one that trusted you. Right. Assumed that you were going to do your job exactly. well. And you can't mm -hmm. punish the whole class. No. You know, <laughs> yeah, for the exactly sins right. of the one. <laughs> oh, nobody's getting recess today. Well, you're punishing yourself for That's that. That's right. You know, because I need to get out and run. Uh, yeah. And even the kids, especially the kids that have trouble with control, those kids that have ADHD, and they need to be out running. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be sitting out because they, they're going to run in your classroom then, you know. So, you know. You can do those kind of things, but I eventually, it takes a long time to get a staff that you trust True. 100%. Mm -hmm. And I think I did that at the end of the end of my tenure at Park and at Eugene Field and at Avant. That uh, wasn't like that in the beginning because there were some that just couldn't teach mm -hmm. with me. So what did that look like once you did have, once you established the, that dream team, you know, what it, did that look there like? There was nothing better. Mm. than every teacher being great, like Nancy Davis is great. And I would say 95 of my teachers were phenomenal. And it was, and I was spoke around Tulsa about it. Mm -hmm. My teachers are probably the best in the entire city, including all of the uh, private schools. And I'm telling you, but private schools, they get to pay for their peers, mm -hmm. you know. And so they don't have four-year-olds four coming in saying the F word. You know, yeah, <laughs> but you have to teach them yeah, how not to do this. That's there. all they hear. Mm -hmm. They don't know exactly. And uh, so, um, I'd put them. I'd pit them against anybody in the nation. Yeah, yeah, they're great. And our test scores showed it. You know, me who hates testing, <laughs> but our test scores showed it. They did. Yeah, they were prepared. They were good. Because you had yeah. good. Yes, but I also them. would bounce ideas off Nancy Davis. I'd say, uh -huh. what do you think about this? She goes, well, that's a dumb idea. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I could never have been her principal. Because I just go, okay. Uh, you know, because we're best buddies. And, uh, yeah. And so I'd 
gun color about certain things. She says, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know what that's going to look like. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that's going to go bad for you. And so, you know, you have to have people you trust in education. Yeah. And, and I had some really great superintendents and some really good peers in the principal ranks. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's kind of retired now. Um, and with COVID and all the things they've gone through lately, I was really glad to be retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. It was. And, uh, I, you know, I stepped out in July the level of difficulty went way up the last Well, the Zooming, I got to see my grandchildren on the Zooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, you, you know, if you're on there for 30 minutes and calling it a day, it's not a day of teaching. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nancy, I've got a question for you. So you went in and, and helped young teachers. When you walked in, was there something you were looking for? You know, like seeing if they hit a certain note or, or you know, d- did it acted a certain way. Was there something that you were looking for to help them? Um, yes. But I didn't run it in the ground. Like, you know, um, there may be a, a principal or a, a teacher helper that um you know it's got to be this way it's got to be this way okay and it but it doesn't Mm -mm. you know you can approach things by crossing the street in different ways Mm -hmm. right and um that's what what i looked for and talked about and praised um so, um, I don't know. I just, I would say active learning isn't quiet. I don't want, Yeah. I don't want your stack of worksheets this high and everybody, you know, it's six and seven years old sitting and, and doing the stack of worksheets. Mm-hmm. I want them, you know, working on projects yeah. like they were in active. different groups and being mm-hmm. active. Um, yeah. And I don't want to see chaos either, <laughs> but. When you're in education long enough, you can see them. Uh-huh. You can see, you know, like Nancy did. You walk in and you go. But she she is so sweet and kind that she would walk in and, boy, she would just have them under her wing. And she would help them out. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was good. Which was great. I love it. If I could have all Nancy Davises, we'd be fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wouldn't the world be so great? Would that be great? <laughs> Nancy I know, Davis. right? Yeah. Aunt Nancy's everywhere. Yeah. Well, something that I just valued beyond belief during my 15 years of teaching is my teacher friends and my colleagues that I bonded with. They, Rick's um, wife, Darla, was one of my people that just, it's, it's just a safe place and no one understands a teacher like a teacher. And so, I don't know, I... Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the importance of, you know, having that community and family within our schools and with other teachers, too. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I mean, as you know, when I was a, t- uh, a speech pathologist at Robertson, you know, you knew there were people that you could trust, that you could lean on and say, what do you think about this or that? Um, yeah. And as, as a principal, I needed to have those principal friends mm-hmm. around that knew what that was like. Uh, so, yeah, it's invaluable. Yeah, and it, 
I was on a cruise and I was with a group of people and we were all teachers. And we're like, oh, well, how did we gravitate toward each other? Because I think teachers kind of find each other, That's right? That's so true. Uh, yeah. So in it's interesting. I also, as I've gotten older, I've always said to my staff, um, I don't want to hear if you don't like me. I don't want to hear any of it. Don't come telling me all that stuff. You need to talk about me. That's good. But do it behind my back. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and as the leader, I mean, you're really, I'm, I'm not their friend and I'm not their buddy, yeah. but I am their leader. Yeah. And so I can be friends with all of them now that I'm no longer yeah. their boss. Mm -hmm. And, but I valued every single person, but there were some that couldn't be with me yeah you know there was a person that showed up drunk every day we got rid of him and wow. you know, <laughs> and those Holy kind cow. of things there was a one of the teachers my first year at eugene field came and told me that she'd called a second grader the b word oh what in the world well come with me <laughs> you know so those are things you write up and you you know <laughs> yeah. you go you know what i don't know if need this... to go work at mcdonald's you yeah. know you don't need to be yeah. So, you know, those those kind of things mm -hmm. um, are hard. But my friends were outside of my school, but they were mm -hmm. still educators. Yeah. So. So what was because you're in in y'all's group of friends. How many of you guys are teachers? All of them. All of us are teachers. Right. I don't I know mean, if I've realized Nancy, that. Nancy Lynn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We should have had all of you guys on today. Oh, there's <laughs> wow. a bunch of us. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, most of our friends are educators. When mm -hmm. you guys are together, do you still talk about school and being in the classroom and everything? Well, we separate from the guys, you know, <laughs> because we have things that, you know, uh, popped up and you know what do you think what do you think Sh what should have been done and yeah you know camaraderie uh -huh. right yeah mm -hmm. those that are not teachers they just kind of tolerate us they're just like okay <laughs> that's right mm -hmm. uh yeah that things that we do but yeah we're all teachers isn't that funny and that's where we had to end the interview and like i said we were never able to finish so instead I want to wrap up this episode over lifelong educators with a tribute to my and so many other people's favorite lifelong educator, Nancy Davis. After she died, I started seeing post after post after post on her wall from her friends, family, former students, former parents, former coworkers, all these people, all of them writing these beautiful tributes and memories about Aunt Nancy. I was over at my parents' house a few days after she died with um, two out of three of my sisters for dinner, and um, I was telling them how bummed I was that we never got to finish the interview and how I was thinking about going ahead and releasing it, and my sister Sarah suggested getting stories from her students, which was brilliant. <laughs> so I reached out to several of her former students and parents who had commented about her on Facebook and asked them if they wouldn't mind sending in a voice recording about the wonderful, the amazing Nancy Davis. Oh, Y'all, these are wonderful. They're so sweet. And they tell of a life full of love. She was so special. And honestly, I can't wait for you to get to hear all of these amazing things about this amazing woman. Hi, my name's Stephanie Haltom, and I was a student of Mrs. Nancy Davis in 1982. And um, 
I just can't um, express in words what a wonderful teacher and person she was. She always had a smile on her face. She always made her students feel loved and like they were her own kids. The first, uh, one of the first memories that I had of her is how she always decorated the room in such a creative way. We had uh, little Scotty dogs on our lockers. <clears throat> one of the, the year that I was there, she was just a wonderful person, genuine, always had a smile on her face, and I'll never forget her. She loved us not only while we were her students, but long after that. I was telling my adult son recently that she, along with Mrs. Peterson, my kindergarten teacher, and Mrs. Mack, my second grade teacher, they came to our high school graduation in 1994. And that's the kind of people that they were. Once you were her kid, you were always her kid. She was just such a special person, and she will truly be missed by me and the entire Westside community. My name is Shara Troxell. Mrs. Davis was my first grade teacher. A funny memory would be me and a classmate being in trouble talking, I think. We had to stay inside from recess and clean the crayon boxes. She gave us each a rag and told us to use a little bit of elbow grease. And that's exactly what we did. We put those rags on our elbows and scrubbed the wooden boxes clean. She came in and laughed at us. We all laughed. We always talked about that anytime I saw her over the years. I'll miss her. Hi, my name is Brian Rivera and Mrs. Davis was my first grade teacher in 1978, I believe. We had just moved to West Tulsa, so I was a new student and I remember that first day walking into her classroom and I was so nervous, but she made me feel extremely comfortable and treated me like I had been there forever. Throughout the years, Miss Davis and I stayed in contact and every year I'd go back to her classroom and chat with her for a while and that went on all through elementary school. I actually moved away to another city, but um, wound up coming back to West Tulsa to graduate at Webster and had remain in contact with her through all that time. And she actually showed up to my graduation, made a special point to come and see me graduate. And that was one of the most touching moments of my life. I wound up moving off to Chicago for my career and was there for several years, but I wound up coming back to Oklahoma in 2016 and randomly uh, ran into her at a restaurant and she recognized me. I, I didn't, um, you know, I, I didn't really pay attention to who all was around, but she had one of the waitresses come up to me and ask me my name. And of course I told her and she said, well, there's a, a really beautiful woman over there that would love to um, chat with you. And so I walked over not really knowing what was gonna happen. And as soon as I saw her, I recognized her face, her hair obviously had changed from the pigtails that she always wore with the yarn ties in it whenever she was teaching first grade. but. We chatted, caught up for you know probably 15 minutes and discovered that we were both on Facebook and became Facebook friends and remained in contact through that. But 
I was uh, very much molded by her, by her kindness, by so many great qualities that she has about herself and just took her with me throughout my entire life. Um, you'd never really realize how much impact people have on you until years later when you're going through certain situations and you think back on what they taught you, how they would respond to certain things. And I, I credit Miss Davis with a tremendous amount of the success that I've had in my life and the relationships that I've had with people and just the kindness that she'd shown, she'd shown to me from the day one. So she will be greatly missed by so many, and uh, but I know her legacy will live on because she touched so, so many lives. Love you, Miss Davis. Hello, my name is Tony Bertotti. I've known Miss Nancy Davis for 41 years. She was my teacher. As far as I'm concerned, I think we've lost a legend. There is no way we can ever know the impact that Miss Davis had on our community and the world because she saw, taught so many children, and I guarantee that many of them shared the spirit and the care of Miss Davis with everyone on their journey through life. Miss Davis was an amazing person, a beautiful and kind soul with a heart as big as they come. Miss Davis was my favorite teacher ever, including all of my college professors. Miss Davis was my first grade teacher, and she had the absolute most impact on my entire education. She made learning new things fun, and she made me want to learn as much as I possibly could. Miss Davis was also at all of the important events in my life, and if she couldn't be at them, she would always send me something that let me know that she was thinking about me. I loved her so much. Luckily, I was able a few years ago to be a part of her retirement party and come and visit with her. Also, a couple of years ago, I accidentally ran into her at an estate sale in Midtown Tulsa. She was so excited when I ran into her and she was very excited to talk about life and catch up on everything about my family and what we were doing and how my son was and just everything about my family. Um, we talked so long that day that they actually closed down the estate sale and they asked us if we could exit so they could start locking up for the day. She even mentioned that day that we should get together for lunch when some of my classmates were in town. Um, she asked about a few of them specifically and I told her that from time to time they would come in town and we'd go out and have lunch and she definitely wanted to be a part of that. Um, unfortunately with COVID, those lunches were put on hold and that, that never happened. I remember that that day that she was in great shape, great health, and I was excited to see that. Uh, she was dressed to the nines as always. I always felt like she was presented very beautifully um, anytime that I saw her in public or you know while she was teaching, etc. Um, I had no idea recently that she was in bad health. I really wish I would have taken a picture the day that I did see her a few years ago, um, but it really just never crossed my mind that I would lose her this soon. I will miss her dearly. And again, I loved everything about her spirit and her attitude towards being a teacher and teaching children and the love she had for all of us. So rest in peace, Miss Davis.
My name is Ruth Rogers, and I was in Miss Davis' first grade class in 1980-81. And throughout my educational experience, I have a master's degree. Miss um, Davis was hands down my most favorite teacher ever. She not only was a good teacher, but she related to all of us and made us feel like we were the most important students she had ever had. Miss Davis um, followed me through high school and college and kept in touch. She bought gifts when we graduated. She attended my dad's funeral when I was 17 years old. And I have never had another teacher care so much or put forth so much effort to make us feel like we were great. And I just appreciated her so much. Hi, my name's Brenda Mason. I was Nancy's hairstylist for over 30 years. Her last visit with me was just before she went into the hospital for the last time. She walked in the door and she had three teddy bears in her arms. And they were for my three Shih Tzus. She got them in May for Mother's Day as a gift from them to me. She said, I finally found them and remembered to bring them to you. Everywhere that I look at home or at the salon, I see Nancy Davis. She was so generous and she always had gifts for me. So you can imagine how many I have for as long as I done her hair. I truly loved her and I will miss her every day. If you've ever wondered if you've touched somebody's life and you're a teacher, then that's the real impact that you're looking for. When you think back on your life, you wanna know that you made a difference. Many of you know our sweet Nancy Davis. She was a special lady that loved every single one of her students and she touched countless lives. They always tell us to build relationships with our students that are going to be lasting. And you, my dear sweet Nancy Davis, did just that. You were the master of remembering every single one of us when it was years between our visits. I remember the day I walked into your class and you called me Sweet Shiloh Brown. That stuck with me. You would attend our life events, go to our softball games. You would show up at weddings. Um, you would show up at our family's funerals. You were there for us. I know that those sweet babies that never got to meet you or never got to meet any teacher in their life are now having the best time because you are now there with them, loving on them as you did all of us. You left a legacy of children whose lives you've touched with your sweet smile, your energetic way of teaching, and your almost always put together outfit that fit the lesson just right. Just know, Miss Davis, you made a difference in our lives. Hi, my name is Dana Weir, and I was lucky enough to have Nancy Davis as my first grade teacher. 
way back in the 70s. Um, I think that I was in the first class that she taught, although I didn't know it at the time. Uh, my favorite memory is I wore a dress to school and I guess that she really liked it and she wanted to show one of the other teachers. So she sends me down the hall with a note to Mrs. Gatherin's class. And Mrs. Gatherin taught fifth grade and I was a little scared of her to be honest. Um, you know, she was a bigger woman and she wore high heels and you know, you could hear her clopping down the hall and even the fifth graders seemed like grown-ups to me then you know, being a first grader, but I had to go down to her class and give her this note um, just about how cute my dress was. So then they all stood there looking at me. Um, it was very embarrassing for me. I was very shy when I was younger. Um, not so much anymore, but anyway, it's a great memory. Um, the world is a sadder place without her in it, and a school without a teacher like Nancy Davis is definitely heartbreaking. I hope every student is lucky enough to have a teacher like her at least at one point in your life. My name is Kimberly Kerr. I went to Lindbergh Elementary School in the late 60s and early 70s and the lady by the name of Nancy Poulton was a teacher at the school and in sixth grade she asked if I could come in and work with her over the lunch period to be an aide to help her do some different things in her classroom. And it was a pleasure working with her. She was always so sweet. My mom being PTA president often had teachers over at the house. And I know that she was one of the ladies that came over quite often. I know that she was very fond of owls. And for a senior gift, she had given me a card with an owl on it, which my father took and made a placard out of and I put it on my door of my bedroom and had it on there for quite a long time. She was a wonderful lady, and I couldn't imagine anyone else being so sweet. My name is Jaden Weir, and I was a second grade student of Nancy Davis in 2004. She was such a special lady in more ways than one. I spoke with Miss Davis on the phone in June for at least an hour. Once I found out that she was in the hospital, I just had to call her. It was always so easy talking to her, and she loved her students so much. She said I was one of her favorites, but not surprised there. The best thing about Miss Davis was she truly loved with her entire heart and loved teaching. I met with her in college at Charleston's after not seeing her since probably second grade, and we talked for four hours straight. We talked about life, my life, her grandchildren, my family, her family, just all the things. She instilled so much greatness into my life, and I am and was so blessed to love her and know her. She will always have a special place in my heart. My heart goes out to her husband, Gary Davis, and her family and friends. I love you, Miss Davis, and I will never forget you. I have had loads of excellent teachers throughout my life. I've talked on here how I idolized my teachers. I loved school. I played school once I got home from school. I've always loved students, loved teaching, and knew I wanted to be a teacher. And so I've had lots of great examples, but I can honestly say that the first person who sparked my desire to teach was Aunt Nancy. 
when we would get together for family things, she talked about her job. She talked about her students and told all of these silly stories and sweet stories that would happen in her classroom. And just, you know, getting to witness her out of the classroom, she clearly loved what she got to do each day. She That was like her she was just filling her love bucket every day going to school and then she would come to family functions or go hang out with friends or do whatever and then she'd still be talking about her babies that she loved so much and all of the funny things that they did and she really made teaching seem so much fun and she was right I got to teach elementary for 15 years and oh I love it I love 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 kids love teaching and I really accredit that to being so loved by her and knowing how wonderful teaching was because I saw it through this great example. And one memory that I've been thinking about over and over is Aunt Nancy's retirement party. Holy moly, there were so many people there. Just getting to see the years and years of her loves come back and show her their love for her. I am just so damn grateful that she got to experience that. And as a teacher, I mean, I can say without a doubt in my mind, this is a rock star lady right here. She's my teacher hero. I love her so much. And so anyway, when she, she was still teaching when I started my career in 2006. And so, and I started my career in second grade And so I got to be teaching the thing that I have never once questioned that I wanted to do since I was a very little girl. I was teaching at the same time that she, my teacher hero, was still teaching. So that was so fun and just wonderful that we got to like compare stories. Like I was actually in the classroom telling her about my actual students from my actual teaching job, this person that I've been admiring for so many years. And so this young teacher starting my career, getting to attend this huge party, celebrating this legend, my legendary aunt. I was in awe. I remember tearing up watching former student after former student after former student after former parent, all of these people. Um, and, and what was crazy is there were small people like in their seven and eights who had just had Mrs. Davis all the way up to people in their fifties and sixties who had had Mrs. Davis many years ago. And they were all coming and hugging her neck and expressing their love for their favorite teacher. And it was truly beautiful. As you can tell, Aunt Nancy has left an imprint on me. She's one of those people who, because I knew her, my life has been completely and forever changed for the better. And the thing is, my story and my connection with my Aunt Nancy is, in the most beautiful way, nothing special. It's just a drop in the bucket of a life so well lived. Nancy Davis is that special and that life changing to so very many people. She's truly the same level of impact for my sisters, my parents, my cousins and aunts and uncles, for all of her family, for her former students, for her parents, former co-workers and all of her friends. And she had a lot of friends. And most of all for her husband, my uncle Gary, because all of those people that I mentioned, because all of those people, all of us knew her, our lives have forever 
been improved, forever been changed for the better. Her bucket of life is full. It's overflowing with drops of people who she loved so well and who loved her right back. Mm, I'm so glad I got to do this episode. Thank you to all of the people who sent in messages. They were wonderful. Thank you for listening to this. And so now I'm going to finish up this thing like we normally do it here at Relate and Educate. Please visit our website at relateandeducate.com. And if you'd like us to go to your school, we'd love to. So go to our website, click on our speaking page, and see what all we talk about and get in touch with us. We'd love to come and meet your teachers. You heard this at the top of the episode, but I don't want you to forget that we are hosting our first ever Relate and Educate Classroom Management Workshops in Tulsa, Oklahoma on September 21st and in Oklahoma City on September 28th. Teachers, you have a story worthy of sharing, so reach out to us on our website or email us at relateandeducate.com. Nope, relateandeducate at gmail.com, and we'd love to get to talk to you. Everyone, please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Relate and Educate, and then on Twitter at Relate, then E-D-U-C, and the number one. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, please follow us, leave a review. It helps us grow. Please do that. And finally, teachers, you are worthy, you are valuable, and you 